Hey, broken salespeople. So this episode, we are going to be talking about Russian spies, rumors, and how it could impact your sales organization. That's on this episode of the Broken Salespeople Podcast. Hey, Broken Salespeople, welcome to the workshop. My name is Red Staffstrom, and today we are here to help you fix your broken sales skills. So for those of you guys who've been following my channel for a little bit, you know I have been uh, following the Ukraine story pretty closely. And the reason I have been doing that is because it is one of our best examples right now to be able to learn how to talk and have difficult conversations because what is going on over there is disgusting. Um, it is 100% just disgusting. I don't have a better word for it. Um, and by teaching ourselves to have these difficult conversations, we're helping everybody else out. Um, we want to be able to do this kind of thing so that we can have these conversations when they do come up with our clients. Um, the more we can talk about emotionally difficult times, the more capable we are to dive deeper into the problems that our clients are facing. So let's get into the story. And the way I'm going to do this is I'm going to tell the story. I'm going to tell what we know, and I'm going to tell the rumors behind it afterwards and why I believe those rumors. Um, and then from there, I'm going to show the overall implication of what it means for our entire industry, all organizations, like everywhere. Um, the story starts like so many things in Russia at the fall of the Soviet Union. Um, in the early 90s, when it collapsed, uh, Ukraine was one of the, I, I guess you could say, catalysts, because once they left the Soviet Union, everything fell apart soon thereafter. And Putin, being in the KGB at the time uh, remembered that. He always wanted to bring the Soviet Union back to that level of superpower that they really haven't been. Um, they are a near peer. They aren't really a superpower the way Putin wants them to be. And this war has shown that pretty significantly. So in the 90s, um, he kind of worked his way up the former KGB, now called the FSB, and really started putting more power in there. That That's really his baby. The FSB is Putin's baby. And he really, when he got elected, started putting more energy, more money, more power into that. Um, if you don't know what the FSB is, what the Fifth Service is, that's what we colloquially call it in English, it's a spy network. It, it's when the Soviet Union collapsed, uh, the powers in the Kremlin wanted to keep a close eye on everything going on in these Russian satellites. So they started putting spies in, putting informers into these places of power in Ukraine, in Kazakhstan, in all of these Eastern Bloc countries to make sure that they were able to keep an eye on everything. And that's the way it's been for so, so many years. About halfway through April, we got word that the head 
of the FSB, the Fifth Service, Sergei Beseda. Um, and I'm probably mispronouncing that in most Russian words wrong. Sergei Berseda was arrested and he was sent to uh, Lefortovo prison. Lefortovo prison. If you don't know what Lefortovo is, you could probably be excused because you, most Americans wouldn't and most English speakers probably haven't heard of that. Um, think about it as the Russian Venn diagram. Like if you were to draw a Venn diagram between Auschwitz and Guantanamo Bay, it's probably pretty close to that. Uh, when Stalin took power in the 1930s, uh, Lefortovo was where they did a lot of torture, where they did a lot of mass suicides. Uh, Lefortovo is probably one of the worst prisons in the world. And I don't say that lightly. Um, it primarily it was used for political prisoners as opposed to just Jews or people of a certain color creed. Um, but that doesn't mean there weren't homosexuals and other groups that were persecuted there. But it's primarily against political prisoners. So how did the head of the FSB of the Fifth Service get there? And how did 150 people? senior officials from the fifth service wind up being relieved of their commands and lose their their jobs and many of them probably are winding up in prison as well too we don't have a clear answer we don't uh we don't know for sure what they did uh because it's wartime and putin isn't going to flat out say hey these people hurt us um that hurts his propaganda but there's a rumor that's floating around, and it's a rumor I tend to believe in. All the things I have said so far, completely verifiable, that uh, Beseda is in Lefortovo prison, um, where these mass executions took place in the 1930s, where all of these political prisoners are typically locked up, 150-ish uh, Fifth Service senior officials have been laid off. All of that is verifiable. Now we get into the part that's a little more spurious. See, the Fifth Service was involved heavily in getting some information and forming alliances within these countries, these Russian satellites. So supposedly what happened is these senior officials started to say, hey, I met the head of this group in Ukraine that says they are willing to overthrow their governments. They have pro-Russian sympathies, and they are willing to help us. We gave them X million dollars, rubles, like whatever currency they said, um, and they are going to use it to buy arms to overthrow Zelensky and others, uh, depending on what time frame this is. And this has been happening for years, that they keep getting reports in the Kremlin of people from the FSB. Hey, I made a payout to our pro-Russian sympathizers in Ukraine, in Kazakhstan, in blank, in like in all of these Eastern Bloc countries. The rumor is the, those things never happened. There never were 
these pro-Russian groups that were getting paid by the Kremlin and by the Fifth Service. The officials were just pocketing the money. <laughs> um, that is a explanation that why Russia was so confident going into Ukraine and why they thought they would be able to take Ukraine in three days. Um, very recently, I did a podcast episode where I talked about what the fifth column was. And the fifth column comes from an old idea. It was from the Spanish Civil War, where a general came and said, you have five columns you need to be worried about. You have one to the north, one to the south, one to the east, one to the west, and a fifth column within the city ready to open the gates. That <laughs> Russia was so confident because they thought they already have that column of revolutionaries within Ukraine who were ready to open the gates. Now, if you think about that, it makes a lot more sense for everything else that Russia did. Um, dropping paratroopers in Kiev makes a lot more sense when they think that there are armed insurrectionists ready and waiting for them, ready to support them. Um, these were elite paratroopers. These aren't people that you waste. Um, and those were the people that were sent into the front lines. Um, all of the Russian troops who were sent into this meat grinder, uh, Russia has admitted to about 1,500 of them. In all likelihood, most conservative estimates of Russian casualties is 10,000 or more. So Russia's having a tough time in this war. And it makes a lot of sense if they went in expecting all this support that just flat out wasn't there. Russia has had this kind of storied history of skimming off the top in the mid in the upper levels in the upper echelon and that trickles down to middle management yeah the, the guys at the top can sell a bunch of supplies that don't actually exist and then so do the lieutenants so so do everybody down the line they each get their little piece it's kind of part of the culture um, in their military. It, it's not a great part of the culture, but it kind of is. So to say that idea extended into the Fifth Service isn't that drastically out of whack. So why am I even talking about any of this? What does this have to do with sales? This is a sales podcast. Um, despite it being just a good story, there's a point to it. Um, That toxicity, that problem, those people who are taking advantage aren't always the ones at the top. They could be the people in the middle. See, Putin had his ambitions and the people on the ground may believe everything that they're being told, but it's the people in the middle who make everything functional. Um, they are the ones who make sure things actually get done. They are the ones who are getting pressure from so many different sides. They are dictated from on top, and they are being told no from the people on the bottom. And that pressure in the organization can absolutely destroy it from the inside. It can absolutely become cancerous if it's not watched after. It's your job to make sure that it doesn't. 
um, when you are in an organization. Hopefully you're at the top, but if you aren't, if you're one of the grunt level people who are beating up the phone and dialing for dollars, you need to make sure that you're not in something where the middle managers are taking a cut of something that should be coming to you. You need to keep this eye out. To be fair, frontline sales manager is one of the toughest jobs in all of business, period. Um, they get very little respect. They have very high pressure and they have very low control. Um, that's just the nature of frontline sales managers. Make sure you're paying attention to everything going on in the organization because that rot, those problems can come from anywhere. And it can be with padding a KPI report. Yeah, I'm sure nobody's ever done that. See, if the rumors are true, it all came from falsified reports that were sent to the Kremlin? And how many falsified reports have happened in the sales industry? How many people forecast, I'm going to get four deals closed this month and then two fall apart in the, the first week. And so you start borrowing from deals that are supposed to be coming two months, three months, four months from now. Um, and you keep borrowing from the future, borrowing from the future, borrowing from the future when there's not really anything there. It happens a lot. But the more that people at the grounds level and the middle level mislead or tweak or polish even this data, the more dangerous it is for everybody. Again, conservative estimates put the number lost on the Russian side at 10,000 or more. Now, while I have no sympathies for the Russian government, um, it's the fact of the matter that poor men go to die for rich men's a rich man's war. Um, those Russian sons, those Russian husbands, they didn't deserve to die or even be put in this position. In many cases, I don't want that. I don't want the war there at all. But if they are there, I want Ukraine to win. I want Ukraine to keep their sovereignty. Um, that's just my own personal political thoughts on it. And again, I'm talking my own politics because guess what? We have to have those tough conversations and not enough people are willing to anymore. Um once again, I, I hope you guys have enjoyed the episode. Um, please take the time to like, to subscribe, uh, watch some of the other videos. I'm taking a lot of time right now redoing a lot of these thumbnails to make things a little prettier than they used to be. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments. Please just be good to yourself and make sure that you're keeping everything together as much as you possibly can. Um, until next time, please. Go fix yourself.